I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. The following... The following... The following journey into comics. Journey into comics. The journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, hey, this is Josh Richmond, and you are listening to the Voice of Survival podcast, exclusively on the Journey into Comics Network. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Voice of Survival Podcast. As the introduction said, it's me, Nate. How you guys doing? Hope everybody's kicking it, being breezy on this uh, Friday, the last Friday before Halloween. Next Thursday is Halloween. We are six days away as you're listening to this. Wait, yeah, six days. Crazy math. That's bizarre. Anyways... Uh, man, I kind of feel like I want to talk about that now. I had a whole other thing kind of planned, but uh, maybe I should just rip on that for a little bit and see where we go. Let's see where the show takes us. So initially I had a plan. I'm going to throw that plan out the window right now live on the show. It's Halloween season. It's the time of spooky. And I don't think I've really talked about my enjoyment or love of spooky or things that I like and dislike and, and all those things. So um, maybe this is the time to do that. You know, I am sitting here right now recording season two, episode 21 of The Voice of Survival. And right in front of me is a original William Fold mystifying oracle with the misspelling of Ouija, Ouija board, right? And it's, it's an original Parker Brothers, Salem, Massachusetts, USA from like the 60s or some shit, you know. And uh, this time of year is interesting. The weather changes. It gets colder outside. You're uh, more inclined to like want to be by a fire or want to, you know, roast marshmallows or wear a hoodie, you know, things of that nature. But I really genuinely just love the spooky season because... It's not even so much that I do anything. You know, it's not like I go out of my way to even dress up or do anything that outlandish. But I love watching everybody else do these things and have creative houses and wild costumes and things of that nature. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, 
as we gear up into the end of our series here, this is going to be the end of season two coming up in a, a few short weeks. We got new, new content to roll out. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it's fun to talk about like my original love for scary stuff. The first time I remember being like terrified and stuff like that. So I have very vivid memory. I'm going to take you guys way back and I'm maybe like 3% possibility that I've told this story in some form or fashion before. But, um, my parents were hanging out with my mom's dad and I was staying the night or they were going to hang out for a little bit and then leave because they had to go on a road trip or something. I don't, I don't really remember, but there was some sort of CBS special or something. See, here's the problem when you're a little kid, when you're like three or four and that's about the age I would have been, you don't really like all the details don't lock in. So I can't go back and be like, Oh, in 19, you know, uh, fucking 90 or 91, there was some sort of movie on CBS that was, uh, I had some sort of horror, but all I remembered in this whole thing was, it's so weird too. I can't believe I remember this, but I remember in this, in the scene that I just happened to like peek my head out the little bedroom when you know, door and look and see what was going on. I remember that the room turned three different colors. It was like green and then red and then it was like white. And it was creepy as shit. And I was like, okay, I do not like that feeling. I don't like the feeling of terrified that I feel or or fear or anything. And it was really strange because then for a long time, I rem- and I remember this too, you know, being, even being a little young, young dude, um... I would stay up really late just staring at the walls waiting for them to turn, afraid that something, and I didn't even know what that thing was, something was going to come and get me. And obviously, as I'm as I'm sitting here 29 or 28 years later, obviously that didn't happen. Got to uh, have a pretty cool experience so far. So, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, that was like really my first taste of, of like being horrified. The the movie might not even have been a horror movie. It might have been a drama or a thriller or something. But I took away fear from that experience. And um, it's very strange. You know, I don't really remember the first horror movie I watched. I'm like trying to go through all the different things I've seen in my day. Honestly, I think I would I would probably say that if I'm really thinking about it, it had to have been a Friday the 13th, maybe three, maybe four, somewhere around there. You know, I mean, it's for the time and it's in the right time frame, I think, from around when that went a bit out. And I'm pretty sure it was like my uncle Chris's wife's son not my cousin because I didn't stay married. So somebody whose name I don't even remember. Like that's crazy. It's, it's a person that was in my life who um, was quote unquote by the rules related to me. And I don't know who they are. <laughs> no idea. So anyways, I'm pretty sure they were really into like horror movies and stuff. So they put on a Friday the 13th. It might've even been the first one. I don't, I'm really struggling to recall all the minor details, but I was fascinated and I was also scared. And it was like a constantly, they kept reaffirming me like, it's not real. It's, it's fake, you know, whatever. 
Oh, okay. Cool. Good, I guess. Solves all the problems. I didn't see Scream as a kid, like, ever. I don't think I've ever actually seen Scream. Not that I didn't want to. I just don't think I ever got around to it. I can't really remember if I saw it. Maybe I did, but I'm throwing my hands up in the air. You guys can't see me. It just pervades me. I'm not really certain. Um, It wasn't until I got to, like, 15 that I started getting into the things that are creepy and the things that are spooky. You know, I um, started uh, listening to heavier music. Really, I think that my first, like, love for, like, really dark and evil and, you know, all that stuff, grotesque as it were, was Slipknot. And their music was just like, whoa, it was like gory. They had like gory music, you know, that's the best way to describe it. And then you had movies like Resident Evil, which aren't really horror movies, but kind of. But I, I always liked... Freddy, but I never watched Freddy for the longest time. It was really weird because I remember, again, same memory with that cousin. We went to some sort of fair. I think it was the Sweet Corn Festival in Hoopston. And uh, he had won a goldfish in the little, like, you throw the ball, ping, 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 and it lands in the thing, and you win a goldfish. You won a goldfish! Oh my god! Here's the goldfish. So he won the goldfish and he named it Freddy Krueger and everyone was like oh that's creepy and you know and I'm like oh what's that and then like he filled my head with way worse he's like oh if I tell you about Freddy Krueger I can't untell you you know and he went into the whole spiel about how like oh he'll get you in your dreams and blah 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 all the stuff that would terrify a young kid so that got me for a while I was like what uh, I can't even sleep. This is hardcore, you know. Um, and then all the while, and I don't even. Yeah, I've talked about that. It does that? That's unimportant. But um, it's just like all of a sudden. I think it's like two thousand and three or two thousand. You know what? I okay. I I do remember this. That there for a while, I would rent the Friday the Thirteenth movies or catch them on like TBS during Halloween season or whatever channel aired them. Jason goes to Manhattan, or Jason takes Manhattan. I think that's uh, Friday the 13th, Chapter 8. Um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Ooh, a yawn sneaking in there. That's random. I think it's because I haven't stopped talking for almost 10 straight minutes, uh, and I didn't really give my chance, myself a chance to breathe. So anyways, uh, I remember seeing that one, and then uh, 9, Jason Goes to Hell, and that was... A totally different and intense and I remember I'll never forget it because it left me with this question mark like what's that mean because in 9 pff, Freddy's hand comes out and grabs Jason's mask and takes it down with him and you're like oh my god they're going to do Freddy versus Jason and it kind of like was like a question that never got answered for many many years and I want to say it was 2004 might have been 2005 pretty sure it was 2004 uh, they did a Freddy versus Jason movie, and it was really cool. I really enjoyed that movie. Maybe some people were not a fan, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool, and that was really when I started to like dig my teeth into Freddy Krueger. And I went back and I watched all the originals, you know. And I want Dream Warriors, one of my favorites. Three, um, and then like uh, honestly, New Nightmare. 
I remember renting that and I was so impressed because I was like, this is an awesome story. They took all the real characters and just made a movie about them and as if Freddy were to come through the characters that they played into their real world. And I thought that, that's a twist. That's something you don't see, you know. I think Wes Craven was definitely masterful when it comes to, to the horror genre. And then, you know, of course, as I got a little bit older, I got into the Misfits, horror punk, kind of leads you down a path of being into all things creepy and gory. And I just love the, the like, the like kind of dark imagery and stuff. I think that I take a lot of inspiration when building a flyer or something from old movie posters that just are simplistic and ultra creepy or they're vibrant and loud and scary or... Uh, Wicked, you know, I think of like, man, I don't even know what like a great example off the top of my head would be. There's, um, I can't remember which movie is, I think, it, I want to say it was maybe four. One of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies has a poster with Freddy over a tombstone. There's like this woman and the imagery is amazing. I used it for one of the Walk Among Us posters one show just because I was like, oh, I'm ripping that off. It's so it's so neat and different and dark. And that's one thing that there's a certain thing about the imagery. If it's drippy or if it's it not does, I don't necessarily need it to be gory as much as I need it to just be weird and creep me out and feel unsettled. I don't need to see, you know, I'm not really a, when you talk about the spooky time of year and things of that nature, like, I'm not really into the, uh, you know, kind of the whole blood thing. I don't really get down on blood. I think uh, I've suffered enough traumas in my life. I don't need blood to remind me is all I'm saying. So, you know, overall, um, you write spooky music. You know, when I was, I did uh, Draxis, we wrote some spooky music. Um all in the name of just kind of that vision of weird, spooky, dark, evil, twisted. Another great example of spooky is Ghost. Maybe this is where I go on like a 15 or 20 minute diatribe about that band because I think they're very, very misunderstood. I think people hear heavy and evil and they expect like fucking new age of American heavy metal, fucking thrashy and thousand miles a second and you know melting solos and stuff brain melting solos and whatnot and it's not that ghost honestly is very clever in what they do because and if you haven't listened to the band ad nauseum or check them out honestly just put on their spotify and get lost and just let stuff play through because before you the song is over you're gonna be like oh that was fucking catchy and i loved it and there were so many like neat little compartments of riffs and ideas and concepts you know um but they're very clever because they take this idea that people are so afraid of satanism right and that's a real thing i think that there's almost a pedestal that has been created by a certain community of christians that make you feel as if i don't know what what's the best way to say this but like hell is eminent for everyone if you're not in the clique, right? And especially if you believe in a different religion or whatever. So 
Ghost takes this concept and says, okay, so I'm going to take all the cool, interesting things that you guys do in your music that are to worship your Lord. We're going to steal parts of that, not directly, but kind of the ideology and how you guys get people with the certain musical tones or in certain keys and how you purvey the music. You know, they they do a really good job of like, they're a parody of themselves, kind of. That's the thing that I don't think people get. Ghost knows it's kind of silly. And they also know that they're doing exactly what they want because they're inciting people to talk. They're getting people that are afraid of their band and this creepy anonymity of the nameless ghoul and, you know, the various Papa Emeritus and, and, and the Cardinal. I mean, they are like the modern theater metal kiss type thing without it being as corny as kiss because i think kiss had a great image but had no direction they didn't take their sound and go okay let's always have this theme or let's have this overarching idea concept kiss was really good about like let's just write a hit let's just write out this banger let's just write out this crazy song that people are going to get down with let's just write out this catchy little b-side you know Ghost goes, you know what? We have this filter. We're going to look through the filter. We're going to make everything through that filter. And it's going to be uncomfortable at times for certain people who can't just understand where it comes from artistically. And it's also going to be really amazing for the music fans who like love clever and different music that's willing to take risks that doesn't sound like anybody else. Sorry, you're not gonna f- be able to convince me that you're you'll you will ever find a band that can mimic what Ghost is doing right now. Maybe someday down the road, 20, 30 years or something, we'll look back and be like, oh, this other band came along and they were kind of like Ghost, but they were better, whatever. Who knows? But right now, that does not exist, and um, you know, Ghost is really catchy with their riffage. They know how to write a good guitar riff. And they know how to write spooky. I mean, the song Ritual, which I've been jamming, it's off their first album. It's like one of the first real hits uh, they ever put out, was ranked 13 or 14th on the all-time most evil songs ever written list done by like Revolver Magazine. And listen to it. Is it... No, it's not. But it's unsettling because it's so, it's almost it's almost on the religious pulse. It really is. And it really can feel unsettling in a good way. But the riffs are just so clever and catchy. And the musicianship is amazing. And uh, Tobias Forge's ability to sing, he's a really, really clever dude. You know, when you think about how he's doing this project, it's, it's his vision. So what does he do? He takes the reins and he is the, the guy. And if... You know, he wants to change the sound of the band. All he has to do is continue to just write into the mythology that is Ghost that there's a different Papa or a different Cardinal that is going to be taking over the vocals of Ghost or have previously been the lead singers of Ghost, as we recently saw with the Kiss the Go-Goat, Mariana Cross, which those songs are, again, proving why they are so amazing as a band. Um, just to take a just to take a risk and do a two-sided, uh, two-song single um, 
with all new material that's not a full LP or even an EP. It's literally just a single. Um, minimally distributed amongst your fans and randomly around the world. And um, it blew up. It's it's one of their most viewed songs and probably one of their most played songs on Spotify if I looked up the stats. I don't know. Can you do that stat looking? Maybe. I'm not really good with Spotify. But the guys of Ghost, the way people put them on this weird pedestal like there's some really evil thing they are but it's in the subtlety it's not in the being up front and um you know cradle of filth scaring people with their brutality or whatever or mayhem or whatever band you want to hang your hat on uh as it were um but anyways again ghost is just a band that i really want you guys to check out so i'm throwing it out there while we're talking about spooky things um Spooky art, man. There are so many crazy spooky artists. One artist that immediately comes to mind who I know, and he's a really good dude. He's very soft-spoken, and he just recently got into the tattoo world, which I think was a insanely ballsy step. He's a fine artist, and he was like, I think I'm going to just learn how to tattoo. Like It's just time. Um, Menton the Third, or Menton Matthews the Third, um, but M3 Menton. Uh, met him several different Comic-Con, uh, C2E2 event type deals. And, uh, he's a very nice, gentle guy. He did a cool custom sketch in this book we have, uh, that's really awesome and airbrushed and dark and evil. It's like this skull and super elongated and it's almost alien, but it's, it looks like it's popping off the page. And, uh, you know, he has this collective of artists that, uh, they all work together and I'm trying to remember what that is actually called. And I'm stupid right now. And for some reason, can't remember what the collective is. But he also works with a guy named Ben Templesmith, who is a comic book artist who did the Squitter. And uh, like I think he did a Silent Hill comic or something of that nature. He's done a lot of different stuff. But Ben Templesmith, also a really creepy artist, did some custom art in the book. And then there's this other guy, David Stupakis. His art is absolutely stunning. It's in the line work and the texture of how he draws and how he can color blend, you know? So when you look at his art, you're just like, oh man, that is stunning. It's just breathtaking and captivating because it doesn't have a sense of realism. And actually a good way to look up his art is like, and I'm, I cannot remember what the album was. See You on the Other Side or something like that. But it was a corn album he did. And it's got this like thing in the center of the image. And it's really cool imagery. I really, 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 really enjoy David Stupakis' work. Um, but like I said, all these different artists that I'm into um, influence me because it just makes me want to see different weird, creepy stuff. Um, thinking about creepy shows that I watch and weird horror shows and things of that nature. I think about like, uh, stranger things obviously comes to mind, but, uh, also Sabrina on Netflix is the chilling adventures of Sabrina has been pretty phenomenal and dark. Uh, you've also got, uh, what's that other show that we really get out with Dexter obviously is a creepy, uh, horror type show it's very bloody and gory and has a lot of crazy dark overtones and stuff um trying to think there are 
man, there's so many good creepy shows to talk about that influence me. Uh, in a lot of ways, Gotham was pretty creepy. It had some pretty creepy imagery, as is Titans, which I've been raving about constantly. Uh, sometimes Doctor Who can be particularly creepy. The Silence, I think, is one of the greatest villains ever created or the greatest uh, enemies ever created for the Doctor or any character because the whole ideology that once you look away from them, you forget you ever saw them. So every time you see them, you're seeing them for the first time. That's like immensely horrifying. Or like the Weeping Angel, another creepy villain. When you look at it, it can't move. But as soon as you blink, as soon as you look away, as soon as you turn your back, it's going to move. But as soon as you lock on it again, it's going to freeze up. So anyways, talking about all this creepy stuff, man, I think about... uh, you know, like I said, I was talking about a little bit about the creepy movies and stuff and a little bit about creepy music. Um, I really like creepy video games, too. Um, Dead Space, uh, the Silent Hill series. Uh, I really like watching people play Silent Hill. I've watched Sarah play one and two and three. And, man, I have I do I genuinely have a ball just watching playthrough of those games. Uh Resident Evil can be spooky and scary and whatnot and creepy, but all in the same token, it kind of lost its luster after 4. And the amount of times they've released Resident Evil 4, like, I think they're just trying to make it the most released game of all time. It's on, like, 47 consoles at this point or some shit. But, um... I'm trying to think, man, I had other TV shows I wanted to kind of riff on a little bit, and for some reason my brain is just, oh, Castle Rock, another very creepy, evil, dark show, uh, talk about books, um, there's a lot of creepy authors, Stephen King obviously comes to mind, um, but what do you guys do to get down with creepy, what's your, what's your favorite thing to enjoy during this season? Because for me, you know, I do like carving pumpkins. I think that's a fun little uh, adventure. I did a, a cool pumpkin last year. Um, been thinking about doing a pumpkin this year. I just want to do something really creative and, and not dorky. So I'm just trying to come up with, uh, you know, something that's going to stick. Because that's, that's always my go-to. If I'm going to make anything, art or otherwise, uh, you know, I want it to, to be impactful talk about other creepy things obviously one of the greatest comic book series of all fucking time the walking dead it's creepy as shit the walking dead show for a time was creepy as shit uh all these things man all these little uh different avenues uh of creepy just make me excited for the season and you know as we trudge deeper into the year uh, as we get past Halloween, I feel like Halloween's like the, hey man, you made it. The year's almost over. Everything's groovy now. Um, I, you know, it's weird because I, I missed a video game that I, I, I do remember. I, I just now remember and I want to bring it up. That's ultra creepy. Bioshock, the first one. Like Bioshock, absolutely creepy. One of my favorite games. Just the imagery. The splicers are weird. The big daddies are very iconic looking. The little sisters are 
disgusting and bizarre. They were almost slugs originally. They weren't going to be girls. They were just going to be like these slug creatures. And they were like, oh, let's make it not that. So if you decide to harvest them, they become slugs before you harvest them, I'm pretty sure. But uh, overall, man, uh, Bioshock's one of the series that I really absolutely love and get down on. Well, folks, I know this is probably going to be a little bit of a shorty guy for you guys this week, and uh, I just wanted to do something a little more in the season, a little more topical. Uh, I think about, you know, I mentioned The Walking Dead and and the imagery. Zombies are cool. Uh, Some of my favorite, uh, you know, stuff in my nerd room is Walking Dead related, and it's because it looks so fucking creepy. There's an amazing Tony Moore cover from Walking Dead issue 9 that I'm staring at right now that's you know, um, a zombie or a walker's eye up close, there's a fly on it, and you can see the back of Rick Grimes, which means Rick doesn't know this walker is right behind him about to strike. And uh, I love that. And signed by Tony Moore, which is awesome. And I've got the uh, Walking Dead Season 3 Collector's Edition Governor uh, Walker Head Tank uh, set up, which is really, really fucking nifty. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what, too? To mention other creepy things, uh, the Scarecrow bits of all the Arkham games are always amazingly creepily just turns your skin good, uh, honestly. Uh, So if you're searching out creepy and you haven't, maybe even just watch them on YouTube or something. Just look up um, the different Scarecrow cutscenes or uh, levels. Not necessarily in the third one. I thought the third one was kind of weak because it's a racing-based one. And it just, like, they. I think they felt like, oh, if we do another puzzle with the fucking Scarecrow mechanism, people are going to get bored. And I did not think that. I was really jazzed and wanted to see more of that. Uh, oh, talk about creepy things. We talk about superstition just for a few seconds here. You know, some people are very superstitious, think the number 13 is bad luck. It's my lucky number. Uh, Maybe I go against the grain in that regard. Some people won't walk under ladders. It's unlucky. The salt over the shoulder, whatever. You know, superstitions, I think, are all self-mitigated. I think they're all internal conflicts we have with ourselves. And it's a way to justify when life doesn't line up how you want, doesn't go how you planned. When karma swings the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think superstitions are a good place to be like, well, I mean, example, I used to be superstitious. And when I was very young, like fifth, I was 16. I just turned 16 because I had my license, just got my license. I wrecked my dad's car. Kinda. I just backed into the garage with the mirror and ripped the mirror clean off. Uh, and he was very unhappy with me, and he grabbed my license and snapped it in his fucking hand, just one-handed, just fucking crumpled and snapped my license. It was the craziest shit I've ever seen. I was like, whoa, he was livid because I just fucked up the garage. I fucked up the car. I'm going to fuck up his insurance payments because now I've I've, ca- I've caused damage to a vehicle, you know. Uh, and, man, uh, I thought in that time because I broke the mirror, it shattered, um, that I was screwed. And I did have a string of bad luck. And I and for a time, I really was like, well, you know, whatever. It, it kind of helped me to just be like, whatever, and just cope. Like, okay, well, that that's what's going to fucking happen. It's what's going to happen. 
Yeah, but uh, ultimately, I got through it, and I think I, I broke the seven-year curse. I think I've had some pretty cool things and good luck happen in my life. And I think it's just from my self-belief of just like, you know, almost Harvey Dent style, you make your own luck. And you'll find your own path, and you'll put yourself on the right path if you can tune into the universe uh, and, and what it's telling you. And if you guys, you know, listen to the earlier episodes in this season where I talked about religion, you know, I don't buy into that concept or that construct at all, but I do believe that the universe itself is a breathing, living being that we all, all of our energy taps in, you know, and we are essentially cells of the universe, and um, we all have important roles, and, you know, whether it's bringing joy to other cells or, you know, whatever it is, um, <clears throat> but you just, you know that the universe is trying to put you on the right path, and, and if you work with the current of the universe and trust its, its judgment, a lot of times it'll take you where you're meant to go. And I think that's a good, uh, probably a good place to end on this week, guys. Listen, thank you so much for checking out my ramblings. I know it's very bizarre sometimes when with my episodes because I just uh, either already have a topic planned, which this week, honestly, it's going to be next week's probably last or second to last episode of the season. We're going to be talking about gambling. And uh, let me tell you, I have a lot to say about gambling. And I have a lot of perspective from a lot of different angles you guys may or may not know about. So we're going to really dive in. We're going to talk about my history uh, with the casino industry and 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 actually gambling money and uh, seeing other people gamble their money and all that. So that's going to be next week's kind of um, possibly finale. We haven't 100% locked that down, but we've got a couple new shows about to roll out. And we're just trying to shift everything, you know how we need it to be shifted. So, checking out, folks. Before we go, you know the drill. You're going to go to journeyintocomics.com if you're not already there. Because, you know, if you go to journeyintocomics.com, the actual physical website, which definitely optimized for desktop use, uh, you get to get all these cool little things. We have an archive section where you can actually search through the archives of our network's history, all the shows. Because coming up here in a few short weeks, I think we're only like 40 episodes away, so 40-some days away, episode one of Journey Into Comics will no longer be on iTunes. If you're an iTunes user, you need to download all the backlog because it's going to come off. They only let us have a 1,000 uh, items on their uh, service, and guess what? Tick motherfucking talk. We're starting to uh, essentially on iTunes erase the history of the network just by necessity, just because of how much content we put out there for you guys. So also, listen, iTunes isn't even a thing anymore. Let's just be real, okay? It's not real. It's not. iTunes is gone. It's done. It's over. I guess you technically still can use that, but listen, you can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and all the other services. Just search Journey into Comics Network. One feed. It's all you'll ever need. I promise you. Folks, thank you so much for listening to my spooky ramblings. This has been The Voice of Survival, Season 2, Episode 21. I have been Nate. This is the Voice of Survival, signing out. <laughs>